0: what's up bikers this is the biker bar podcast episode 121 and today's guest is going to be velociracks if you haven't heard of them they are making a hanging rack that is uh something something little something a little different than i mean i'm sure if you've been on the trailhead you've seen 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 them around because they're definitely getting more and more popular but before we get into that First of all, I want to thank everybody who ends up showing up here live and all of those of you that dealt with me switching the time around. It is what it is. These things happen in life sometimes, but nonetheless, here we are. Those of you guys listening to this as a podcast down the road, it's right on time for you guys. So we're, we're, we're doing great. <laughs> if you guys haven't done me the favor of swinging by my Instagram or my Facebook and give me a follow over there, please do it. Honestly, I was looking at Facebook. For some reason, that thing will not go over a thousand people. I don't know what it is. So, I'm like always just under a thousand. So, if you guys can can make that happen, that'd be awesome. On the other hand, Instagram, right around five thousand people there. So that's that's really rad, and I appreciate all you guys. But those of you that haven't done it, do it because that's where you get the updates and you kind of see what's going on with the channels and a lot a lot of good stuff over there. So, and it's free. Why not? Right. All you gotta do is you click the link. Right click the button, pretty simple. Outside of that, um, if you have a chance, if you really want to support the channel, you can swing by Patreon, do a little something over there. It's just like, you know, each one of these, how about this? The other day I ordered some food, went over there and picked it up and all they did was hand it to me and I gave them a tip. I gave them like a 20% tip, which was like way more than what it costs for Patreon for a month. So you get four episodes, a month and then you could do it for as little as a buck if you want to be in the in the in the next tier up for five bucks get a sticker pack get a handwritten letter get to feel like you're part of something <laughs> no <laughs> you also get to early access to the videos you get extra cut videos long longer cut videos and sometimes some content that doesn't even make it to YouTube so um for instance right now there's a, a new 80 pound vlog up there it's been there it's I don't think it'll go live on YouTube until Sunday, so you could be watching that episode right now if you were on there. Nonetheless, I really appreciate all you guys, no matter what you do. If you just like this, hit the thumbs up, hit the subscribe. If you're listening to podcasts, Swing by Apple, podcasts, write a review. Lots of people go over there and read those, including me, and uh, it feels good to to see what's what's going on over there. Um, Let's go ahead and bring Bryce on from... I am like not operating my brain today. Well, how's it going, Bryce? Hey, doing good. How are you? Good, good, man. Just uh, like I was saying to you before the show started, today is one of those days, you know, where you just run around and everything feels like, like hectic, but realistically, you could probably just go about things in your normal way and it would be fine. But instead, you just feel like frazzled. That's where I'm at today.
1: <laughs> I've been doing my running around today. I was at Home Depot at eight o'clock this morning trying to fix some stuff. So uh, yeah, no uh, for, battles.
0: The, for the business. Sorry, what's that? For the house or for the business?
1: For the house. I had to get a couple things uh, fixed up and actually ended up buying some tools for the business while I was there as well. So I guess a little bit of both.
0: Yeah, there you go. Well, I had a buddy when I was younger told me, he's like, look no matter what happens, when you do a project, you always buy a tool. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, you don't want to mess this up. That way the lady knows every time you buy, you do a project, there has to be a new tool.
1: (laughs) That's the, that's the trick. Getting the right tools and getting plenty of them. Then you got to have more place to store them. But uh, yeah. yeah. Yep.
0: So um, you started Velocirax. What, uh, what, what, what made you decide to do that?
1: Well, it, it goes a ways back. We, we started back in 2017. Um, I remember the day I was helping my brother load up a rack on the back of his suburban, right? It's those types that had the prongs coming out. And he had four bikes after smashing them on there. He had to put one on top flat cause he needed five, you know? And so yeah. he, we had been playing this game of bikes and mashing and beating them up, trying to get places that, uh, that kind of started us down the path of how can we do this different? How can we make it better? How can we make something big enough that it can haul our families worth of bikes down the road? So that's really where it it started was uh, just pro- all the problems we had been having in uh, trying to get our bikes to the trailhead, to the vacation spot, to Moab, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Those, um, there's ones that just point off the back or, are- really a pain and especially like the way i think when they were originally designed it made more sense because every frame was the same but now it's like every frame has some weird angle or geometry or cross tube and and uh one white bike goes on there straight and the other ones are like all wonky and sideways and
1: Yeah. And you still see people using them. You'll be driving up behind and you see bikes all cockeyed. You're like, is that bike about to fall off and I need to change lanes? Yeah. Or is it going to stay attached? You know,
0: I could never get myself to like have the trust in one of those, especially when you see them driving. They're just like the way they'd be swinging around. It just didn't, it didn't seem like it was a legitimate way to go about it.
1: Yeah. We got, we got tired. That's what we did as, as kids when we were mountain biking, that was the rack we had. Um, and we just figured there's got to be a way to haul more bikes, to haul multiple bike types, tire types. There was just, there was a million things to try to solve for. And uh, that we set out to start solving some of those problems. Um, one of the earliest problems we were trying to solve was, you know, with kids, you don't want the whole garage to be bikes. You want to park your car in there too. And our kids would just pile their bikes. You know, you got to have a rack in the garage. And so we're like, can we make this rack do both was, was kind of one of the early things we set out to do is to keep the rack useful when it's not on the back of your vehicle. So anyway,
0: you know, I was talking to my buddy before the show about who was, who was going to be on and uh, he just, just bought a new vehicle. So he was going to be getting a, uh, like a, a, different rack than what he had before. And he was talking about getting a hitch mount rack. And um, I mentioned that to him about you were going to be on the show, and that your rack can also it has like a garage mount, so that you can put it in and hang the bikes in the garage as well. And he was like, "It was like you could just see it like it's mine." Like <laughs> 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 it's yeah. like that's awesome because I I have one of those older Thule racks that's like a it's got it's a four bike rack, but man, that thing weighs a ton and there is not a good way to store it if it's not on my, my vehicle. Yeah. So is um you said, it was your brother that you, you were, you were talking with originally.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So me and my brother are, are co-founders of this company. He uh-huh. has a uh, uh, degrees in engineering and has done a lot of engineering in his career. I came from the, um, agency side of things, um, working, building websites, marketing, that type of thing, business degree. And so we both have kind of this different approach. We both kind of have the same outdoor kind of mentality. You know, we grew up camping, biking, boating, whatever it was, we weren't in the house. We were outside hiking, fishing, backpacking. Yeah and and that's where we always were we didn't have the uh you know back in our day nowadays the kids have high school bike teams at least in utah it's really big um and the the high schools get together and bike and then they race on the weekend you know we didn't have that but we had the the hills and we had the the early uh, early age mountain bikes that we started on back in the 80s and uh we were cruising the hills back then and been outside and then really that's that's kind of where we're at we love it and uh enjoy being out there and are wa- really really like being you know in the industry where we can help make the situation better for for families and for those hauling bikes around
0: right you said you started in the 80s and what, what kind of mountain bikes were you riding back then
1: so i had this was kind of right i want to say my first bike was a uh, 1988 it was a uh, nashiki brand it had the oh yeah the solid forks up front it's it's probably more of a crappy gravel bike today you know what i mean right? yeah. no suspension the bars were cable poles on rim brakes i mean we're yeah uh,
0: yeah we i used first to. started in i think the early 90s and my first like good bike was uh my very first one was like from montgomery wards And then I got a giant and that was the same thing, fully rigid. They didn't even have any suspension on any of their bikes in their mountain bike line back then. And the tubing was like there. I remember distinctively like they was like oversized tubing was like their big like (laughs) marketing thing. And if you look at that bike now, I mean, the stanchions on a 30 Fox 34 are probably bigger than those two. Like the whole frame was, (laughs) you you know what I mean? It's, it's kind yeah. Of, yeah kind today's
1: of, bikes sure are a pleasure to ride. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun maintaining them and keeping them going and uh, enjoying outdoors.
0: So how do you explain your rack to somebody that hasn't, hasn't um, seen it or used one before? What's your, what's your elevator pitch?
1: Oh, the elevator pitch. <laughs> All, uh, okay. Where I typically start was uh, with vertical racks, Many people have seen vertical racks, and the thing that's difficult with vertical racks is you got to lift the bike so high over your head that you're doing all of it, right? You're loading the whole Mm -hmm. family. You're loading – if anybody's with you, you end up loading a lot of bikes. And so we've crafted a a rack that, uh, through the use of dampers, will hinge back without, you know, you being the burden of carrying the load so the, the rack will lay back. We call it roll in, roll out loading. Um, You'll unstrap both tires, pull back on the bars and just back away and the bike rolls out. When it comes time to load, you pop it up on the back tire, basically wheelie it in, roll it in, strap it down. The the way the rack lays back, um, you have back door access. So if you've got a hatchback, SUV, a minivan, you know, Subaru, any of these types of cars that have that back hatch, you can get access because the rack will get out of the way. And then when you're uh, ready to go, all you've got to do is push up on those bikes, get the bikes vertical and you're ready to go. So um, two big items with our rack is all racks come with a garage mount. So you can take the rack off of the vehicle, mount it on the wall, and then store bikes in your garage. It, it sits on the floor. It's stabilized by a, a mount on the wall, and it's ready to take bikes in and out all day long. So it helps in the garage as well. It becomes useful. The the other big item is we have a built-in integrated anti-rattle system, and it is a big uh, a big sliding wedge. So it's it's not a weak system. It's tightened with a 17 millimeter bolt we do this because number one, it gets tighter. And number one, we have bigger surface areas to really lock it in your wedge. So that rack is not banging around in your hitch. Your bikes are solid. Everything's locked down and you're good to go. So that's kind of uh yeah. The, the quick pitch, I guess.
0: Yeah, no, no. I mean, and obviously we have plenty of time to not have to be quick, but I, I was just trying to get, um, for the people that are listening that weren't really like familiar with the product project or the product, um, Figured we probably should do him a favor and explain it, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, well, you...
1: if you've seen a red rack out there, that's uh, that's what we got going: red and black.
0: So, how did you go from this idea of your your rack that you were using sucks to like actually coming up with something? Because there there are several other hanging rack style brands out there now but i mean that's all pretty recent you know
1: yeah there are vertical there there are a handful of other vertical racks out there um we had seen other ones out there so we're like there's got to be a way we can do this and so that's just the way we started it's like well vertical seems to be the way you can get more in more packed into your hitch and the the other thing is is you get all that weight closer to your vehicle. So, like on a four tray rack, you're extending further and further away. All our bikes that that weight's closer. You're putting less leverage on your hitch. Yeah. Um, but that's really where we started was how can we get a basket, a, a we call them sea hoops that that'll hold your tire um and hold multiple tire types. Like, how can we make it hold a road bike? How can we you know get a gravel get a a mountain bike, a, a 20-incher, a 29-incher, yeah. a that bike. And so we just started playing with a lot of different options. And And let me tell you, the fail-fast method of, of getting something done is, is what you need to do. You fail as many times as you have to as quickly as possible to, to get to a solution. And we iterated, I don't know how how many times, but there was plenty of arguments, plenty of trial, plenty of error. Right. And well, try again. That, uh, that's, that's our process to um, try different ideas. Obviously we do that in CAD, then we prototype that. And uh, uh-huh. then we run into the problem of, oh, we didn't anticipate that being a problem and, and whatnot. So there's a lot of things you learn as you bend, weld, cut, try, try yeah. again, um, anyway.
0: Yeah, I definitely, um, I can definitely relate with you there. I recently got a 3D printer so, I've been <laughs> inventing a bunch of stuff.
1: I love them. And,
0: man. and God, man, you think you have the, this design like dialed and you're like, do it in a 3D modeling program. It looks great. And then you go to like put, put it together or put it on whatever you're doing and it's and it, it's not working. And you're like, what yeah. the hell? I can't
1: like, tell you how many times we're like, no, we got this good. Let's start producing it. Yeah. And then we say, let's print it once 3D. And we go to try to insert it, and it's like, wait a minute, we didn't think how it wouldn't fit right there, you know. So, yeah, one, the way to rapid prototype with those guys is wonderful.
0: Pick yeah, it up,
1: pick it up the next morning, try it out, break it. Yeah. Realize you got to change it, do it again.
0: Yeah, totally. And, and and some things that are so simple. I made a, uh, you know, the EDC pump. The that I'm talking. You know which pump I'm talking about. Uh, what type of ABC? EDC. It's OB. it's it's uh they also make the edc tool it goes in your headset it's like okay. a mountain bike thing i can't think of that what the one up i think is who makes it anyways okay. they got this pump and the pump like it's a bike pump you know, like for on your okay. you carry it on your bike yeah and the way that the there's some like furling in the the part that you slide on your your tire stem And I think for probably like 90% of the bikes out there, the way they have it designed, it doesn't touch the frame, but on my frame it does. (laughs) And all that that does is just like scratch the frame up. Right. Yeah. So I'm like, Oh, I'm just going to make a cap. Like how hard is it to make a cap? I bet you, I printed like 15 of those things before I I got that thing dialed. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 It's just, just silly. So like I can, I can relate with the frustration of, Of trying to come up with something and make it make it work. So you mentioned that the the rack works for mountain bikes and road bikes and um, you know, I never really thought about putting a road bike in a rack like that. Because in a mountain bike, you're like, I don't care, man. This thing gets bounced all over the place, and like the the wheel kind of really like holds it in there. Is there some kind of something that like fills in the hole where the tire goes whenever you put a road bike in there? Is it just how does it hold the road bike just as well
1: so yeah the road bike loads up just the same the thing that's that's different about our basket and i wish i had a picture i should be sitting somewhere with one right behind me and not just my road bike behind me um but yeah last week we uh five hour road trip we took the team down we all did a triathlon uh, kind of a first for some of us but we gave it a shot mm-hmm. but our rack is is different in the way the basket sits because you've got a bar here and then the basket comes up at an angle such that you can wedge the tire kind of down in this thing, and then it straps in. So it's not, it's not prepared for something big and round. It's able to take all different sizes as they kind of tuck into the corner. So Job. the tire tucks in, you strap it down, um, uh, strap, it out, strap both tires. The, the one thing we, we do say with uh, longer road trips and whatnot is grab uh, some rubber bands. Our racks do come with rubber bands and just throw them around the brake levers, Um, what that does is it it locks that axle so it can't rotate forward and back. Um, Oh,
0: that makes sense.
1: A lot of vertical racks, will well, all the vertical racks, well, depending on how you're mounting. If you're mounting on your tire, your tire can roll forward and back just a teeny bit and left and right on that front tire that's kind of turned. So locking the brakes kind of stops any – independent motion and basically the rack moves the bike moves and so it really locks it on tighter you do that with your road bike yeah Yeah, we had a ton of them And, and i've done a lot more miles with road bikes uh on my rack so i i do not worry worry about it there's some things you can do you can put some people will tell us how they put you know pipe insulation on it to pad this or our straps fit on on the tire basket bar so you can put a rubber layer around. There's a lot of little different tricks you can do, and those are seen on our website. So there's many things you can do. But, yeah, I uh, I don't worry about putting my high end road bikes on there as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think – I know at least my personality set wouldn't really care if it had a little wiggle. But I can definitely understand that there, there is a, a lot of people out there that are a little bit more finicky about their – the, the the bike the way it looks you know so oh yeah
1: you like your stuff to be shiny and nice yeah, yeah. Want scratches if you get scratches they need to have a story behind them coming down the mountain right
0: right right yeah i'm just i'm i wish i could be that guy that's like once my bike always clean but
1: I, i'll be <laughs> honest
0: i'm just too damn lazy for it you know <laughs> Yeah. And I feel like it's like added stress, you know, because then you get it scratch, and then you're all upset about it. I'm like, if I just don't care, <laughs> then I don't have to worry about it at all. Yeah,
1: no, exactly.
0: Well, yeah, and
1: <laughs> you spend a lot of money on these. I can see why guys can get uh, worried. They they're expensive. They're, you got to take care of them. And
0: yeah, totally. Not,
1: so I get it too.
0: I I I thought that I could be that person, but I came to the conclusion when I was younger. I, I remember I never had like I I didn't grow up with with much money and. I remember seeing these people with these like really nice cars and there would be all these like dirty and stuff like that. And I remember thinking, man, if I had a car like that, man, that might, I would, I would, that thing would be clean all the time. And then fast forward to where I'm at in my life right now. And I wash my truck like twice a year, <laughs> like, yeah. like totally. Yeah. I'm like, I do not care.
1: <laughs> yep. Some people got to have the perfect looking truck and some people it's yeah. uh it's a working machine, you know?
0: Yeah, definitely. I think you know when you do a lot of outdoor stuff it's just at least for me it would be like i would spend so much money and time trying to keep that thing clean all the time yeah it's like we take our dog down to the river he jumps in the back seat it's like freaking mud everywhere and then <laughs> the next day it's like we're all going mountain biking doing shuttle laps and yeah it's just it's a mess so
1: yeah. um,
0: so you guys have a bunch of different sizes Uh, I think your smallest, if I remember correctly, is a three and your largest is a seven bike. Is that correct?
1: You bet. Yeah. Anywhere from three bikes to seven bikes. And obviously you can buy a big one and put one bike on it, but uh, they come in different spacing, right? So we have, Mm -hmm. we have two versions of our five rack, Mm -hmm. Um, one with 10 inch spacing and one with 15 inch spacing. The, uh, our 15 inch spacing really was, uh my desire to put a few road bikes on there and at 10 inch spacing, you can't get the bars to where the bikes don't touch. And oh, uh, you got a monkey with the bars or, or you're skipping every other, which is great. If you got a big rack and you're only putting, you know, four bikes on a seven works great. Um, yeah. But a road bike will block the next one. So we have our five X 15 inch spacing and our three is uh, our three X, right? So it has 15 inch spacing as well. All our racks can take uh, 230 pounds of bike weight, so you can put e-bikes on our on our rack, no problem. It'll it'll take. We say 55 pounds a a bike slot, Uh, and so really you're getting a big, burly, tough rack. It can take the. It can. So you take can the, put seven
0: e-bikes on that. That doesn't add up, right?
1: Yeah, you can't put seven e-bikes. You can put four, right? Uh-huh. 55 pounds. You're right at uh, what is that? 220.
0: Uh huh. Okay.
1: Um. And so for e-bikes, when you get that much weight on there, you realize, yeah, that's a lot of bike weight, you know, at some point it's like, how much can the hitch and the car that I'm putting this on handle? Um, We know our rack can take the weight. We know it can take more than that, but we don't want people overloading their vehicle. We do ask for, you know, the uh, class three, a two inch receiver hitch class three, with a 500 pound tongue weight because they're built beefier They're they're locked down. Um, You can, you can put it on a, you know, a a 300 pound hitch capacity, but there might be a little, um, a little more movement in it. Um, you know, I didn't
0: we, even know that was there was a different rating for hitches. I thought yeah, if you had a two inch, it was like you're good for anything. I didn't
1: Well, but, you'll you'll see a two inch on a, a minivan and a two inch on a truck. The truck's got a lot more welding. Gus yeah. has there to help support it. So you know, on on a on a minivan or a, a smaller vehicle that's got a two inch hitch, we were, we're kind of classifying ourselves with safety for right for, for these racks. But anyway, back to your original question, just our sizing from our, our three with 15 inch spacing, we have a four um, that's 12 inch spacing. And then our five, which 10 inch spacing, they're roughly, I mean, the five is slightly bigger than the four and the four is slightly bigger than the three. They just have different spacings, but those will go behind any car out there. That five is not that wide, you know, put it on a smaller, Call it a RAV4 or one of these, you know, smaller SUVs. You can put Mm -hmm. a 5 on there. The 6 rack starts to get wide, right? And you want to potentially a bigger vehicle for that. Our 6 has 10-inch spacing. Um, And then our 5X and our 7 rack are both the same width, right? They're 73 inches wide. They're really designed behind full-size vehicles. So if you got a full-size van, truck, SUV, they fit great. We have plenty of people that are willing to put them behind smaller vehicles. I have it on occasion as well, but they are slightly wider than your car. And that Mm -hmm. bothers some people and some people are fine with it. So just know these, if you're wanting to haul seven bikes, you got a big load back there. It's going to be, it's going to be wide, but yeah, across our racks, those sizings typically fit the gamut of desire from the people. Everybody will, want slight versions here and there but it's hard to manufacture you know a million different iterations so these were the ones that really stuck they seem to work well with what we've got and the people that are are buying our racks
0: so interesting so was seven decided just because like that's the most that you could get with the spacing i mean like because in my head like i have an f-150 i can't think of a time that i've had seven bikes I, yeah. I definitely had six bikes in the back and that that's already like we're squeezing four in the back, four people in the back seat, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. Most, I mean,
0: I guess you know, a have, maybe,
1: yeah, most cars will have five seats, right? So the five right. makes sense. When it comes to the seven, you know, these SUVers that have the third row it's that type uh, yeah. of situation where you got seven, eight people you want bike? we've had multiple people. When are you going to build an eight? And we've uh-huh. joked about it on Instagram. Who wants an eight? And A lot of people want them. We're kind of confined by two things. One, the width. We're really not wanting to go much wider. We we have a little bit more room for legal street, you know, width. Mm-hmm. But we want to stay well within that. So for width reason, I don't think we'll ever go to uh, an eight. And from a standpoint of weight capacity on a hitch, on a vehicle, you really start to inch toward wow that's a lot of weight on a vehicle uh on the hitch you know so from a weight and a size seven kind of maxes it out we need it i have five children um a couple are grown and gone now but uh when you have a family with a few kids you want to take your road bike your mountain bike and the rest of your kids bikes you need a couple extra slots
0: yeah that makes sense
1: this kind of fills that gap to where you can get a bike or two for yourself and then the family's mountain bikes
0: yeah on, yeah no that totally trip. makes
1: sense so
0: <laughs> dang i had something funny oh uh, you guys should totally for april fools like put out I an instagram so. post that's like we're doing a 14 bike rack <laughs> system just yeah. like photoshop it like hanging off the back of like a little like cross tech or something <laughs> like, that. <Yeah. laughs> like
1: that that, that, that that's what we yeah that's a great idea <laughs>
0: so what are what so how did you guys originally design it like so your brother just designed it in cad and then at that point did you go to like a you knew a a metal guy that could weld for you or you took it somewhere to start trying to figure out how you're going to get it manufactured
1: no so we we actually started with prototypes so we were we're welders and vendors you know my dad's an engineer as well and as kids we were taught how to weld and then we um kind of grew up from there into bigger toys and welding bigger things. Um, Like I said, my brother's degree is engineering. He's done a lot of um, friction stir welding with aluminum and aircraft was his master's thesis and some of this stuff. uh, And so he understands a lot about metal and fatigue with whatnot. And so we literally were were buying steel and we were cutting and bending and, and welding ourselves to prototype it. So it started with well, let's start here, and and let's see if that works. And we didn't like that, and we tried something else again, and put more weight on it, and found, oh, it that wanted to bend. We need to do something different, and and that's when we really decided, after a few iterations, let's get into CAD, design it in CAD, structural, run some structural analysis, do the calculations, know the um, the points at which the the weight loads were, were bearing and and really run the calculations to see what it could uh, what it could hold uh, it's funny not being an engineer you know my brother will talk about shear and bend and all these different things that can happen with steel and, and what the strength of steel does compared to aluminum and we can get into that another time if you want to talk that you probably need somebody a little more intelligent uh, than <laughs> me but we do like to
0: get in the weeds that far, man. We're good.
1: Yeah, we, we got into the drawings and the calculations. And literally, we had built the version. We totally built it out in CAD, had the thickness and everything specced. We knew the strengths. We had done the the calculations. Um, we don't run with a, a 1x safety factor. No one ever should. I don't know if people can show or will show their calculations. But we have a 2 to 3 maybe even uh, 4X safety factor, which means as you're driving down the road, right? You're hitting bumps, you're taking corners, you're jamming on the brakes. Things have got to withhold the acceleration forces, right? You get in a wreck, you're bombing down a dirt road and you hit a big pothole. That instantaneous load isn't just, you know, 100 pounds of bikes on the back there. For that instant, that could be 400 pound load, right? Right. You really have to take a safety factor into these things and how they're built. And it was, it was funny. The, the first time my brother said, well, now we get to go out and break this thing. We had spent hours and hours. We had been working with our manufacturer. We had these things. We were kind of dialing it in as we like to call it. And uh, he said, we're going to go bust this thing. And I'm like, wait a minute. We got weeks and hours and tons of work in this thing. You want to break it? Well, That's the proof's in the pudding, right?
0: Yeah, you have to do that, right?
1: We've calculated our rack will do this. Right. So we went out to the Timbuktu. We had one vehicle with a good rack. So when we broke this rack, we could move all our bikes onto the other rack and take them home. (laughs) And we put seven bikes on and we strapped 20 pounds onto each bike. And we went bombing down some country roads, potholes through rivers, just pounding things Uh to find the flaws. And it was funny. So I would be, I think I was lead vehicle driving up this hill, right? We're in in four-wheel drive, nearly bouncing this truck with a lot of weight on the back. And I'm like, is something going to break and come flying through the tailgate of the truck? I mean, we're just beating this thing up my brother is tailgating, tailgating me with a camera out the window trying to catch every movement and motion as to what's going on, right? <laughs> and we're just beating down the road, oh, guy with the camera, right. and we're wanting to be in Timbuktu when it breaks so no one will see what happens and we can analyze it. Anyway, we found a, a, a bolt or two that we had to increase the size and some minor things and, uh, and, and really – Proved our calculations um we even got so far as to in our neighborhood there's these crosswalks and they almost have a a little ramp on both sides and then a, a tabletop right you're not uh-huh. supposed to jump them but right if you're going fast enough you can <laughs> and uh i don't recommend it with seven bikes and 20 pounds on each one of those because yeah you're gonna do a, uh huh A lot of interesting things to racks in your vehicles and hitches and whatnot. Anyway, we proved, uh, we proved our calculations. We knew what we had to do to tweak it to that final last time. And then we, then we launched that was back in, uh, so back when we started in 2017, it was kind of prototyping ourselves, right. And getting things where we wanted them. And we had friends asking for them. We were welding them ourselves. We were taking them to a powder coater and, uh, we love the prototyping thing, but once it becomes, we know this is dialed. Yeah. I don't want to make 3000 of these, right? I don't want to make right. 300 of these. I want someone who can prove to me a good manufacturing process. So we locked down a manufacturer. We got that going. And then we launched at outer bike in 2019. So we had been selling to friends online and, and, and a couple of close people. Well, we've, we finally got our first load ready to go. We took all our, Uh, all our friends and everybody who had one of our original welded racks and we gave them our our brand new straight from the manufacturer because we were able to upgrade a few things. That's when we added dampers.
0: Um, The dampers
1: kind of allow it to slow assist back, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. I've been with a buddy that has one of your racks.
1: That is a a key safety feature. A lot of racks out there will hinge, but you've got to have two, three guys holding it down.
0: Yeah, it's a lot of weight.
1: So we have a a, a pinning system where we got a triple safe pin on the back so you can hinge without a problem. It's going to hinge with the dampers, and we built the internal release lever. So basically, when you go to hinge our rack, your hands, your fingers are nowhere close to moving mechanisms. You're you're up at eye level pulling the release lever and stepping back and watching it hinge. And so these additional features of an internal release lever – that auto engages when you push it back up and dampers and all these things came through our, our manufacturing process. And we, uh, like I said, we launched it outer bike in 2019 and then COVID hit three months later. This is all a side hustle still at this point, right? Yeah, we're, yeah. we're coming home. My wife was like, yeah, you get Tuesday nights and you get Saturday and pretty much it, uh, it turned into Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then Friday, you know, so every night of the week, and it got going right. fast. Uh, soon after that uh, outer bike, we got going with NICA in Utah, so the high school uh, cycling clubs race at NICA. It's really big, and we've got a lot of racks here in Utah. They helped launch us, and then we went to Sedona in the spring of 2020, which is, it literally whisperings were happening while we were there this yeah. is our our second
0: real show yeah i was and at that one basically we came home from sedona and everything and got locked down that was like it that was the last yes.
1: hurrah. that was our first thing and we're like wow now we're shut down in covid we're like we got the day jobs this is the night hustle and it kept hustling us and we just we've been working non-stop since right we're finally We've been uh doing this full time for almost it'll be 2 years this fall. So we we were able to step out pretty quick and get uh wow. get our hands on the rein of the horses here cuz uh we're moving fast and we're, you know, so you're, shipping, you're, anyway.
0: Your first model was the set, the 7 bike model?
1: Yeah, when we or launched Did you
0: come, did you launch with all the different sizes?
1: No, we launched with a 5 and a 7. Uh-huh. Uh, our five and our seven, both with ten-inch spacing, so basically they're exactly the same except chop off the out, the outer two baskets, right? And, and you've got it, right? We were we were toying with a auto uh, an expanding bar system, and it just it, it made too many janky little things to shake around. That we want a solid bar. We want our tire baskets locked in so they can't slide and move. They're fixed. Yeah, uh, those so they're are welded on years.
0: there then. It's not like they're, because I was going to ask that, like why not just have the same thing and you can just order the extra baskets if you have the five or something like that. Or
1: Yeah, and we thought long and hard about that. And I can show you the iterations in the garage where we had different mechanisms for it to adjust, slide it here and adjust it in. Uh-huh. And the, the biggest thing we learned is if it's adjustable, you're going to spend your first setup getting it adjusted just right. Uh And then you're going to leave it. Rarely are you going to change it. Uh And so we're like, well, let's figure out how to lock it in the right position. So people don't have to determine what that spacing is and you can lock it in. And the other thing locking it in does is it doesn't leave things to slip and slide around and scratch up and Yeah. Mar up the powder coating and get all rusty. And also it stays a little more pristine and things are locked. You're not going to move. I, we had a friend, he said, Oh, we had some things move when we were traveling down the road, they slid together and basically near destroyed a set of five bikes by the time they had gotten to location because they didn't realize their thing had shifted around. So we're like, Oh, that really makes us want to lock these things down. So that, that did away with us trying to come up with, you know, movable parts and accessories that extend. And it's like, we will sell, you know, all our parts are interchangeable. So we've got our black post and it'll take any one of our crossbars and all of our tire baskets are interchangeable. So if you've got a seven, but you only need the seven on one trip and you want a three the rest of the year, you can swap those out, talk with us, get an extra set of crossbars and for, you know, a couple hundred bucks, you've got multiple sized bike rack that is rock solid all the time.
0: Yeah. I was going to ask you that. So there's a, there's a way then to go if from a three to a five.
1: Yeah. It, it's it's a, pretty simple. Yeah. We've got,
0: it, is yeah, it just ahead. like a, like an upgrade kit of some sort or like, what's the cost look like? Let's just say, I, I don't even know what's, what does a three bike cost compared to a seven bike cost?
1: Our, our three bike is 799 and our seven bike is 985 so you' okay. basically got 800 bucks and a thousand bucks and everything uh-huh. fits in between there right so if you had a seven bike rack and you're like yeah this thing is big and yeah i do need it for that one thing and this family trip so you do need it a couple uh-huh. times a year but when you're doing your cycling you're like you know what It's just me and and Bob and Jim and we go riding the three of us. So can I get a three or, or oftentimes people call up and they'll get the four. Uh Um, So basically we'll just sell the red crossbar. So we have a a vertical, there's, there's two bars and a vertical post, right? Uh So we sell that set crossbar depending on the size. Boy, off the top of my head, I want to say the crossbars for our biggest rack are right around 200. So our smaller ones are a little bit less.
0: So let's so, just, just say for the sake of argument, it's like 200 bucks. Yeah. I mean, which is not like, in my opinion, not much of a price to pay for like what you're getting out of it. So,
1: yeah. And, and all it comes down to is you're going to undo two bolts on each crossbar. You're going to put the new crossbars on, lock them in with two bolts and then two bolts on each tire basket. And you've got a, a different rack and everything is 100% solid. Nothing's going to move because you've locked it in with, nylon lock nuts all torqued to spec and you're you're ready to go
0: right on what is um what was one of the the hardest things that you had to overcome when you guys first started you know the
1: the craziest day we had uh, well there's been multiple <laughs> um, i'm sure yeah the, the the ups and downs of things are selling things are not crashing The one of the biggest things is we were we were working with a another individual that had kind of pushed us in the direction of nailing down our manufacturer. And and we had this guy. He was kind of our manufacturing guy. And. uh, He had given us some bids and we were pretty close, I was going to go see the factory and like literally the week before my trip, he literally dropped us flat and we were like. Wait a second! I don't have any contacts with manufacturers, and yeah. uh, that put us in the dumps, right? Because we were ready right. to start gearing up, yeah, things a little more dialed in, and he just flat out dropped us, and we, yeah. we weren't sure what we had done. Um,
0: right, right. We, we were, were kind of like in the dark there.
1: Yeah, we were, we were newbies, right? We had we knew we were onto something good. And we were asking lots of questions and, you know, whatnot. And I don't know if that kind of pushed them away. Like these guys are going to try to cut me out and I won't get my cut.
0: Oh, that's but interesting. Yeah.
1: as we look back on it, um, I did a lot of work that week and nailing down multiple manufacturers that I could go visit and get things figured out and uh, went and visited them and, and picked our manufacturer and yeah it was a lot of stress and sweat yeah, can, and, and trying to figure it out but right. today yeah. I look back at that is one of the biggest blessings that we don't have a middleman that controls our manufacturing we work directly with our contract manufacturer we we write the quality control checks we see the checks we're there we can we can do everything we want with this manufacturer who is wonderful for us and then the other thing is you know even with quality control steps and manufacturing some things are going to get through it comes down to customer support and that's where our team really shines is we love taking care of people and if there is something that's not right you know we take care of it, we stand behind it we will swap out parts and whole racks if we need to we, we typically yeah. don't really ever have to do that but that's you know how you've got to stand behind your stuff um and whatnot so sorry i I got
0: no no we got plenty of time man um but i I think that spurs a good question then so what is your what's your warranty like what's what does that say so if you look
1: online we list uh two years Mm -hmm. um and we'll take care of anything and everything obviously everybody has a manufacturer's warranty and if anything is out of the box wrong or is wrong at any point we're going to take care of it right but uh, we've been going longer than two years and there's not one person that we've denied that said, Hey, I'm having a problem with this. We just take care of it.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: So like what we're saying is, is the two years is listed there, but we've supported people that are well beyond their two years with yeah. free replacement parts. If, if yeah, they've yeah. said, Hey, this isn't working. And that's the thing with, with manufacturing and the way we go, there's, there's little iterations where we've made things better along the way. Our, our dampers, mm-hmm on the system have gone through multiple iterations. They are much better than they were when they started. So we've swapped some original people out. We've done some things that that aren't available on certain racks. Anyway, all these yeah. little changes amount to a much nicer bike rack. And, and a lot of it's a millimeter here, a millimeter there, a slight bend here to make it better. And when people come back, if they have issues, we we give them parts. A lot of people. Uh, text call whatnot they're like hey i need this i need a replacement part but i can't see how i can buy it on your website can i buy one and we're like no you can't buy one we're gonna warranty that we'll have it to you in in the mail tomorrow it'll be on its way so yeah we we'll, we're taking care of our 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 rack owners uh, we want them to keep these racks a long time they're built to last a long time and and they've got the support with us behind it
0: yeah, I would imagine this is the type of purchase that you get that essentially lasts almost a lifetime. You know.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean that's the hope. I mean, current current racks out there, there are many that are kind of like, I don't know how long they're gonna last, but they turn into to junk after I don't know how long. But but we're yeah. daring we're wanting our rack to be a, a long time purchase. We even have people that are like, hey, you know what? I love this, I love my six rack so much. I'm coming back to buy a four rack so I can have them on both cars. And, you know, so we got, yeah. it's kind of interesting how we're, some people want multiple, multiple racks, which is, which is great.
0: Yeah. I've been thinking about buying a new rack and I mean, I've had my, my Thule rack for years, you know, and, and I would say the only thing that has happened with that thing is that the way that bikes have changed, um, maybe it, it didn't they didn't have like the the design ideas for how a bike could be like bigger in the future or something like that you know yeah um, but for the most part like that the way that mine works i got fortunate because when i bought mine i i was riding a a lefty so the the model that i got would have been not necessarily the model that that they were selling the most at the time okay and so it it, it still does but i mean i know a lot of other there's a lot of other brands that didn't even like account for just like longer bars and stuff like that. I was just having a conversation, the same guy I was talking to before the show. And we were talking about a certain brand that every time I've been with anybody that has that brand on the car, if you put more than this many bikes on, like the handlebars are all smashing the seat and you can't like get them to fit in there right. And um, the way that your design is though, like it doesn't seem like that's a problem. And if the bike was longer, like maybe some of the bikes five ten years ago weren't as long as they are now, and they wouldn't fit on the trays or something like that. But with yours, the way it hangs, it, it doesn't really matter. Yeah,
1: there's a couple. In fact, there's two things I want to tell you about the the hanging. Right, you turn the bars, and so mountain bike bars parallel each other, and they they get out of the way. Right? Yeah. They're they're not straight mashed into each other. You turn right. them, and they're all. Parallel as you go, which is great. The the ten inch spacing, uh, what that does when you turn the bar, the the right lever is can be potentially close to the top bar, the top tube of the bike to the right of it. Mm -hmm. So at ten inch spacing, you need to load largest to smallest as you move Mm -hmm. to the right. Mm -hmm. So I can't load a small and then an XL because that XL is going to have the brake lever of that small bike to the left of it into the top tube. So you load, you load three larges, you load a medium, your small, whatever it is. And as you're loading, you check, okay, do I have clearance? Great. I do. If I have two larges and they have some different geometries, switch the bike order and put the other one and check how it lines up with each other. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And typically you're going to end up with a great solution. Um, we talked about rubber bands. The rubber bands on those brake levers also help give more clearance on that top tube if needed. Um, but as you load, you're checking to make sure nothing's going to – because bikes are going to kind of shimmy a little bit. And, and yeah. you don't want them touching because if they're touching, that's going to put a nice little scratch in your bike. And so load yeah. no large to small. But that's where our 5X rack comes in. You can almost load any bike, any order and you don't have to worry about it. And so that that is a popular one of our racks. It's wide, it's 73 inches, but for shuttle companies to know, it doesn't matter who I pick up at the bottom of the hill, they're loading in the first slot, we're loading to the right, we're done, it's loaded. Velocirac came from us in wanting to create a rather simple, speedy solution to load bikes. You don't need to take forever to do that, and that's what we're trying to create is a, enjoy the ride and don't fear the headache of loading your bikes. Don't not take your bikes because you know, you've got an hour of frustration and trying to get them on the rack. Know that you can load them quick. And it's really that. easy
0: to use. I mean, the one, the one that I used with a friend was like, it was, it was really easy to use. And I was, I'll tell you, I was very surprised with like how easy the um, articulation worked. you know, because, um, like my, my rack is, you know, it has that ability to to like kind of notch down that way. If you had a uh, like a hatchback or something, you could open it up. Oh yeah. But, but it's like what you said earlier. I mean, if I pull that thing down and there's four bikes on there, that thing weighs a freaking ton. So first of all, you got to like be able to lift it up a little bit just to be able to get the, to pull the lever to make it go down. Yeah. And then once it goes down, then you're like over there, you're like doing a deadlift to get the thing back up. You know and and God forbid you weren't thinking about it coming down when you pulled it and it just smashes you in the in the shin or whatever.
1: but yeah, exactly. There's a lot of safety things we 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 thought through and and that's the first thing you think about and everything. You don't want anybody getting hurt, but you need this to be functional and getting out of the way. Um, so the the moms that are driving carpool here at a mountain bike practice, know that they can help their boys and their girls load their bikes, get them to practice and it doesn't take a guy like me or you to get their bikes there, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. No, it's super simple simple to use. That that was definitely really impressive. Is there a like any reason that you wouldn't or that you don't have just the 6 that's on the the width of the 7 that way
1: a little more spacing?
0: Yeah. We've
1: we've discussed that. There's a lot that comes into play when you consider how the bolts bind down and where you need tire bolts to hold the straps down
0: uh-huh. and
1: the alignment of things. It, it comes in funny as you look at it in the, in CAD, you can get two or three of them spaced out at, at 12 inch spacing, but then this one you can't because it's got to line up with the bolts that are holding the thing together. And so there's a few other things that kind of factor in that you don't realize it till you're playing with it in, Catherine yeah. modeling and seeing how oh well if i move that one the waterfall effect is these two baskets get the extra spacing but this one can't and this one can't and so it looked wonky so we've kind of stayed yeah. with the, the spacing we've had yeah
0: yeah i guess in my mind like i'm like oh well sometimes i'll have six people in my truck but i don't i wouldn't feel like i wanted a seven because the six would be the exception But in that case, I could always use the five and just throw the six bike in the bed of the truck.
1: Yeah.
0: You know. Yeah. And a
1: lot of people will, they ask us, well, what should I get? And and we're like, well, get the biggest you think you need. And think about like, I like the fact that if I've got a six bike bike rack Mm -hmm. and I'm only taking five bikes, then at any given point I can leave one of the baskets empty and it kind of lets me put two in, take some extra space and put three in. And so if you have a bike that's, you know, you got all cross country, but here you have this downhill bike and the geometries just don't work. You can put your downhill bike a space and then all the cross country bikes, you know? And so you get the the extra freedom of,
0: that extra space, that
1: extra space. Or if you like to carry extra wheel sets, you can throw those in the top basket and just strap them down and, and carry an extra wheel or two. If you don't want it in the vehicle. Yeah. Um. So yeah, there's some things that are nice about having one extra slot. If you've got, Yeah. if, if you're going a little bit bigger anyway, you know?
0: Yeah. I think that the other end of it to me, that was really like, one of the reasons I was thinking about is in my garage, I have most of my bikes hanging on the wall, like the one that you have behind you. So it's just like, um, how do I explain that parallel to the wall? Yeah. <laughs> like just exactly. hang, hang, and um, I'm just trying to figure that to, for the people listening. And um, because of that, it's just hanging there like, like a picture frame, like it takes up a lot of space, right? Yeah. Where The amount of bikes and I'm, you know, I have two mountain bikes, a gravel bike a dj and then like my single speed ride around town and walk the dog bike you know. <laughs> like, yeah and then the lady has a handful of bikes and like and this is you know at this point our kids are out of the house so we don't have theirs to deal with too but there's a lot of bikes <laughs> in this garage so like to be able to put them in a spot that actually takes up a lot less footprint that would be nice you know yeah
1: Yep. We've, we've recently just launched uh, what we call our tilt and pivot four bike rack. And it's literally a garage rack. Um, you mount some rails along the wall and you put baskets into these rails at one inch spacing increments. So you can space them however you want. Your tires turn the same just so your bars are bent, which means you can have parallel mountain bikes. But then these things rotate in and out according to the wall. So that spacing allows you to want to get the spacing you want. Or our biggest problem was, hey, I have a six bike rack and I've got six bikes stored in my garage, but I'm leaving right now. I'm taking the rack and I'm only taking two bikes or three bikes, which means I'm leaving four that I'm just going to have to drop on the ground. And so this rack is engineered to fit in the same footprint in that You can mount it to the wall, pivot all the baskets to the wall, and then mount your Velocirack over top of it in the garage. Store your bikes in your Velocirack. Now when you pull your bikes off, put them on your car, take them away. All you do is pivot these things out from the wall, and you've got a, a storage rack in the same footprint, so you're not taking up extra space, or it can be standalone on any wall anywhere, so...
0: Yeah, yeah, no, that's awesome. You, you're selling that now?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's available on our website. You can uh, you can see that. That's we really sell, cool. We sell some other little things, pedal racks, where you can literally, in fact, I've got one here. Let me I know. think
0: I saw one of those. So that's where it just holds the pedal and then kind of, like, camps the bike against the wall that way, right?
1: Yeah, so these are little, uh, I can get it out of the bag here to show you. This just grabs the pedal and you can... Uh, set your bike in the pedal the thing that's novel about ours is it's a two-piece setup right this piece goes against the wall i figure out if i've got a big uh a big flat that i want in here or if i have a smaller road bike pedal i can neck this down which basically instead of your bike tilting way out you can pull your bike a little further back if you want
0: that's nice because it's
1: it's small, it's cheap, it's little. You can put it in a studio apartment or or anywhere and, and store one bike kind of like we got going there behind me.
0: Yeah, yeah. How much do those things run?
1: Uh these are 20, they're either 25 bucks, 29 bucks, somewhere right in the twenties.
0: Yeah, and I've seen with those as well, like you can kind of stack the bikes a little tighter as well, because you can put the one above it let's just say like in behind the one that's lower right
1: yeah you can you can stack them it does take some height yeah what we typically end up doing is is here in utah we do have some fat bikes and we'll ride on snow in the winter and i i like riding the uh the fat bike just around the neighborhood the walk the dog bike because you got these monster five inch tires that just sound like you're riding a monster truck yeah um and I'll do that as I ride around here, but in the summer we put them above our Velocirac up high, where it's a little harder to get to and just kind of stow them up and out of the way. And then all the bikes are down below that we're accessing a little more frequently, so.
0: Yeah, 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 that that reminds me. So um, fat tires fit in, in there as well. How big of a fat tire can you put in?
1: You bet. So, our, our standard basket will take anything from a road. I've I put a 23cc all the way up to a standard 3 plus, so maybe a 3.1. You'll get in our standard basket, right? So, 20 inch BMX uh, to a 29er from a, a 23cc road bike all the way to a, a 3.1 mountain bike tire. Anything bigger than that, you're not going to get it in and be, uh, and be able to turn your bars and strap it down. Um, so we have a, another accessory. Uh, we call it our fat bike tire basket, right? It'll take up to a five-inch tire. It's just It looks the same. It's just got a little wider of a C-hoop shape
0: uh-huh. uh,
1: on it. So you can put up to a, a 5.0 in it. Wow. So
0: the, what was the largest size on the the, the normal rack? uh, 3.3.1. That's a really big tire. Oh, that's a big I mean, tire. Exactly. Yeah. And in, I, I think you don't see a lot of people. I mean, even the plus tires are already starting to kind of, yeah, there there are the a lot of
1: people that are, you know, the e-bike craze is really cruising. Um, and you'll have a lot of these e-bikes that'll have a fatter tire. A lot yeah. of them could be around a four incher, what we'll find is uh and this is where i'll uh mention right now is the a lot of them if they're not you know full mountain bike you're ready to go romping through the forest type bike if it's just like a cruiser they'll have a a fender over that front tire and they'll have a fender over the back tire the fender over the back tire doesn't matter and that'll keep you from getting rooster tailed if you're you know riding in uh in water but the front tire fender If it covers, you know, a quarter of the tire, that's the part of the rack that's going to grab the tire. So that doesn't work with our rack. You're going to have to remove that fender so you can strap it down. Otherwise, you're crushing your fender as you're strapping it down. And right. anyway, so the front fender on some of these cruisers, on uh, e-bikes um that type of thing you know the short little stubby plastic ones that are cut out on a standard bike to just keep some of the mud off the stanchion tubes um those work fine but once they're a little bit longer they do need to be removed so
0: yeah 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 that makes sense what um what about security how do you guys have anything built in for that or is it just like use you bet, yeah
1: no that's a great question we do have a couple options um We started by offering um, just a cable, right? We have a 15 foot cable, which can run through, you know, I'll I'll usually run it through the bottom triangle and the rear tire and strap it back to the rack, depending on how many bikes and what you're trying to get. You'll strap it to the rack. You can go down and and lock it to your, your, uh, where your toe chains would go if you'd like. But that cable we're, we've got the biggest in my, I think it's the biggest, it's almost a half inch diameter cable that uh, has a thin little rubber sheath, pla- uh, kind of the sheath you're you're used to on rubber on the cables. Yeah. Anyway, so we launched with a, a really stout cable, um, and and then we knew all along we planned on putting locks in that top tube, and so we have uh, integrated locking um, an integrated locking system where there's two cables. If you've got the the bar. These cables rest inside of each other, and then they'll pull out to the extent of the bar, and then you push them back in Mm -hmm. so they can come out and around and lock into the rack. uh, Originally, we had built these in our very first prototypes, um, and the trick just becomes kind of the sliding it in under all the bolts that are holding everything together. And so you'll notice even from day one, the way our bolting system on our bar was planned, we knew we were doing this. It just took a little while to get out of the gate. So if you were to purchase our our locking kit, if you already had a rack and they are compatible with any of our racks out there, I guess, except the three, the three isn't wide enough that when you pull the cables out, they just don't do much. They can't get around far enough. The cable's not long enough. So from our four rack and up, you're going to pop off the end caps off both ends of your rack. And you're going to slide this cartridge in that has these cables and tubes that everything works with. And then you're going to put in two new end caps. And there's sliding doors that that clip shut and open. And so you'll slide open the door, pull the cable out of both sides. Or if you only need one, anyway, you'll pull the cable out, lock Mm -hmm. your bikes up. And again, that's all built in. So it's contained there. It comes with a little four digit combo lock. Um, The big thing to note is with these integrated locks, the cable is smaller, but even with our big beefy half inch, near half inch uh cable lock, cables are cables. And if if you've got someone that's wanting your bike, it doesn't take but a few seconds to get those yeah, cables. Yeah, out.
0: grinder grinder will go through pretty much anything really quick. So oh
1: yeah, these battery powered grinders, you can cut it in a matter of seconds. People are always like, Well, bolt yeah. cutters. They're not using bolt cutters. They're using grinders, yeah. and it's done like that. So take your bikes in your hotel. Lock them up when you're running in for two minutes to the store and coming back. But
0: Yeah, they're really just to keep honest people honest. That's the way that I look at it. You know, totally it's agree. like like even whenever I would have – I had a, a, a ratchet strap that I would put over my bikes in the, when I'd be, like, having them in the tailgate. And okay. it just had some little wires and a lock in it. And it was really just to like stop somebody from running up and just grabbing it and going you know what i mean because yeah because as far as any kind of criminal goes the ones that are really interested in stealing bikes like that you're not stopping them yeah i mean you could get on youtube and watch hours of videos of guys like cracking like those big u-bolt locks and like
1: yeah
0: all of them They're, they're like every way even your freaking front door, like the deadbolts. These guys would be like, look, this is how you just walk up and walk right in. And uh yep. so, yeah, you're, you're keeping as many of the honest people honest. And outside of that, if you really want to be like uh, yeah. on top of it, you're going to have to do a little bit more. So, yeah, somebody in the comments even mentioned in Southern California, uh people just running up and, and grabbing bikes off of cars or trucks at red lights. I've heard that happen in Santa Cruz, too. Oh, my God. Yeah, there's a lot of guys that'll be, like, shuttling in the uh, UC area, Santa Cruz, and I've heard of people just being at a red light in traffic. So it's not like you can't, like, chase after the person. Somebody just runs up, grabs a bike off your tailgate, and splits. Like, what are you going to yeah. do? Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah, ours are strapped down, so it might take them a few seconds longer to right. get a little hooked. But uh, yeah, yeah. you got to know to uh, – yeah, that's, that's maddening. What what can yeah. you do, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's, it's pretty crazy. You know, I had a friend that was—he uh, worked for like a uh, like re- like repossessing cars, you know. So he would like <laughs> go and like tow them and stuff like that. Okay. And so he knew how to like use those those picks and stuff like that to unlock locks. And he came over to my house and walked in my front door, at, like just to show me, like as fast as I could with the key. Like he just walked up to the door, stuck it in, spin it around, and walked right in the door. Right, like like it was so fast that it just it completely like made me lose all confidence and security of my <laughs> of anything in my life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where I was like, if somebody yep. has the right experience, like there's no stopping them.
1: Yeah, yeah. You're keeping yeah. all those people honest, but uh yeah. Right? So- so be careful with bikes. I We pay a lot for them and you don't want them to walk away. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, definitely. So um, like I was saying earlier, I mean, this is, is something that, that most people are probably going to buy once and, and probably not have to buy again for a very long time. So how is it that you like get... I don't know how you'd say like repeat customer, like, like there's only so many people who are going to buy racks, right?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> like, I mean, and obviously there's, you know, new people coming, like coming to age or whatever that would be buying. So is there like some other products that you have in mind that you guys are working on that are kind of like a little bit outside of the space, but kind of still there or?
1: Yeah, we've got some other things going. Obviously we've talked about a handful of our stuff that came after we launched that are kind of accessorizing our current rack.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um, we, we run surveys with our customers and, and throw out ideas of, you know, what products do you need? Do you want next? What do you want out of your rack? Um, a lot of people want, uh, you know, kind of a tune station, a way to clamp their seat tube and, and, oh, yeah. and tune their bike. Um, and, and while I'm on that front, the other thing that's nice about our rack is, you can take your seat, hook it in the tire basket. So again, I'm I'm taking the seat like you would at any race where you normally set your seat on a a bar, right? Your seat like sits pole, on right? it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put your seat into the tire basket, strap your front tire to the bottom mount, and now you've got a, a makeshift tune station. So you can oil yeah. your chain and kind of adjust your shifting. So that's oh, yeah. that's something you can do without even needing that. So we've we're we're talking on on, on that. Do we need to do anything there? I mean, that's a, I think a lot of people would like that personally myself at my house. I don't have a big garage and I do have a, a a, a tune station, right? I've got a little stand. Yeah. To be honest, it's down at, at our, at our shop. And I'm like, if I had something that clicked onto my rack, it would be nice and easy and handy. And so that's something we're talking about. There's a couple other stands and things we're working on. Some of them I can't share the full details. Yeah, but
0: yeah, yeah, totally. I understand.
1: We don't like doing things that have already been done, right? We like doing things different. We're we've got a couple ideas. We're looking at some stuff and potentially other industries as well that that still kind of ties into this and might crossbreed into other areas. Mm-hmm. Um, technology that we develop here can can be used here. Um, I would so imagine was,
0: that you would have some like maybe some kind of moto thing that you guys could do or something like that.
1: Yeah. I was even suggesting that a bunch of our employees are big into motocross. They were big Nike racers and they're still big into riding bikes, but they do ride motocross a lot. And, uh, and so there's some things we've talked about uh, things were, you know, kind of in varying phases of yeah. what can we do to, to get into different industries? And then what can we do to add on to the, the, the great customer base we have. Cause you're right. If I sold you a rack, you're not going to be coming back buying a rack for a long time, but I right. can tell you one thing I want to say, every one of our customers has sold a rack to their neighbor, which is yeah. Yeah, right. every day I get people approaching me at a gas station. Like, Hey, where'd you get that rack? I mean, it's hilarious.
0: Yeah, totally. Um, I think that would there be, be a possibility that you guys would look at doing like a roof rack of some sort that maybe is not a hanging thing but like still just in the rack space but kind of putting your own spin to it or
1: uh we could we've we've talked on varying things we've never really nailed anything in that area down um roof racks or no one likes lifting their bikes up there if they can help it yeah um so i think it's got to be a it's got to be figured out, you know, mm-hmm. a way to make it a little more. anyway, yeah, we haven't. I, I wish we had a bigger development team. We're working on that to get things out because yeah, yeah. it it takes time to develop a product, to build a prototype, to iterate that physical prototype, to go back to the drawings, to iterate, to build the test, to then prove. Now, how do we manufacture this too? Right, that final stage of we got to manufacture this such that it's repeatable? And the last challenge of you know, it's got to fit in a box that can be shipped, right? That's right. One of the hard things with our racks is is they are big, and and they take a little bit to ship. And so there's a lot of things you got to think about as you as you build products. Do people want it after you go through all these cycles of right trying to prove it? So certainly. you
0: you said earlier that the the seven bike rack was around a grand, so yeah then then how's shipping go then you got to pay another couple hundred bucks on shipping on top of it or is that
1: yeah shipping's uh anywhere from 90 bucks to 130 We're, we're we're trying to negotiate better rates we're trying to take over that and really drive that cost down because we're not out there to make money on shipping i mean i think a lot of people nowadays expect free shipping right Right. Used to Amazon, it's like amazon shipping free? It's like, well, number one, we have people that'll drive all over this country to where we're located and pick it up to save on shipping. They plan their family vacation through to grab a rack, and so Uh-oh. that benefits. They don't have to pay for shipping, um, but it's transparent, right? I'm not marking up my rack and then hiding the shipping.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: We're dealing at actuals and, and trying to just, in fact, in most cases, we're probably losing a little bit on everything we ship because we don't want to make money on shipping. We want to run a business that makes a great bike rack and that we can make our profit there. And we'll let UPS run their business on shipping. And yeah, yeah, it's, it's fun dealing with shippers, but uh, yeah, it, it is effort to ship, and we're working on you know, potentially getting. Uh, uh, a shipper out east, so we can have east and west and deliver quicker to everybody. There's all these things we're trying to do to drive that cost down.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's crazy to think about. You know, it's like these are all things that, you know, as in a business that you're you're in that you think about, but as a consumer, you're just like whatever, man. Amazon gets everything <laughs> here in two days. Why can't you? And for yeah, free, exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. it, it is what it is. Like I, I totally understand. Um, I mean, so. As it is right now, how do people buy them? Is it only through your website or? Yeah, so you can
1: go right onto our website at com, and you can see pictures. You can see our instructions, our manuals, our videos on how to use it. And then it's an e-commerce site, right? It's it's ready for you to look at our product, put it in your cart, purchase it and check it out. Uh, check out, right? So it'll take your, your credit card, process it. What happens from there is, is we see that instantly and it's right into our shipping management software. And typically within 24 hours. So if you ordered now, I guess it's a holiday weekend on Friday afternoon, it's not going to ship till Tuesday. But typically you order on Wednesday, it's going to ship on Thursday. It's it's typically next day. It's into our system and it is like like clockwork. Some people will purchase a rack. And then in the middle of the night, send an email, Hey, I want to change. I want to, I want to upgrade to the six after all. And so at that point we're like, Oh shoot, how do I stop this? This train right. that's efficiently running down the tracks <laughs> walk out a box and get it going to that individual. So, uh, that, that happens occasionally. And it's always like, Oh, has it already shipped? Because we're, we're putting so many things onto a truck. It's like, I don't even know where it is in the truck. There's pallets of stuff. I've got to go right. through to to find that. And so know that we do aim to ship within 24 hours, business hours. So weekends are an exception. And, right, and oftentimes right. we can pull it and, and come up with ways to adjust shipments. But yeah, where we try to be quick and getting people their racks now that we've been able to maintain a stock when we talk about other areas of the world right now in Canada, we're a little bit behind, but we're, uh, we got a big push in shipping going next week and hopefully we can keep our stuff in stock there and, and not run out like we had been this last few weeks.
0: So are you just shipping to like Canada and like Mexico or is like internationally anywhere as long as somebody so wants to it for it? we have
1: shipped internationally out of out of our location here in Utah to almost anywhere. Now if people are willing to pay for it, right? You uh, when you yeah. buy a racket eight, nine hundred thousand bucks and it costs seven, eight hundred bucks to ship to you Right. Not many people want to do that, but we've we've yeah. shipped to the UK, to Norway, the to couple right. places in Europe. We do have fulfillment services in Canada, so we have a. If you were on our website, you would see our Canadian store, and you could literally buy in Canada, and it ships out of uh, Vancouver,
0: oh, cool.
1: Langley, and then we also have uh, 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 services in Australia too, where we ship out of Melbourne. You can pick up at those locations, um, but again, they're not our warehouse. It's a 3PL, and so we can't assemble it for you there. You can you can pick it up in boxes, so you're saving yourself shipping. But Australia's got us, Canada's got us, um, and we're all across the U.S. And then we'll ship occasionally to some outliers if people want them. And we're working on.
0: Uh, Did other you say areas. Australia? Is that what you said?
1: Yeah, we're in Australia. Yep.
0: Wow. Cause that's that, I know that one for shipping is like just ridiculous. Even for me, like sending some of my, my merch to play people, it, it'll be like, this is a complete, like I'm probably giving them money whenever they buy something.
1: I know. <laughs> I know how that feels. It's like some of these things, <laughs> it's, but yeah, we have a, a, a 3PL service down there. Um, and so we just ship bucket loads of product. They house it in their warehouse. When we get an order on our website, they slap labels on it and have the truck pick it up, so it's it can it's not coming from America, it's indirectly right. It's already there waiting for their order.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. So, so, what um, I always like to ask people where you came up with the name. Like, I I made the thumbnail with the Velociraptor, and I made some. Yeah, that, yeah.
1: yeah <laughs> me that, and but, it's uh... funny. We've we've talked about. That because everybody on our team, you know, Velocirac, it sounds like Ford's, you know, the Raptor, right? And it's just, yeah, yeah. it seems like a dinosaur. We really, um, there was a, we do a lot of jeeping in Southern Utah. So we'll take our rock crawlers down there. And on on one of these trips, um, you know, we're using radios, but I decided I'd ride with my brother and the conversation we had this four hour drive to get there and then the, the rock crawling we were doing that day to name our company. Uh-huh. And we had kids and we literally we listed off everything under the sun. We we had physical locations like mountains and cliffs. And, you know, think of all those types of geographical names that we had looked through. We talked through. um animals is kind of a motif and all these different ideas to kind of come up with, um, ideas. And, uh, something we always wanted to embody was the, the speed of being able to do something quickly and velocity really turned into velocity with a rack and and kind of that, that combo. And so, the, you know, dinosaurs never really came into play in that decision and we've really never really gone down that path. I don't know how we, we had a handful that kind of made it through the two page list. And then you start Googling and you see, oh, that's already being used and that's being used. And what can I try to register? And it, it kind of, I can't remember the final, the final couple that we were kind of arguing about or not arguing but really
0: yeah 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 it's having conversation through.
1: but uh you know we came down to the end of this just seemed right because our our racks are they're meant to load fast right it's yeah. it's not not spend two hours loading your bikes and one hour riding it's like spend two minutes loading your bikes yeah spend a minute unloading them but spend the most of the time on your bike and so that's where we came up with is just we're talking about speed and efficiency and then that's what we went for
0: yeah 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 no i figured it, like when you said it had nothing to do with the the uh dinosaur my mind went to velocity so i i'm glad i was on the right yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. you guys should just embrace the, the the dinosaur though and just make him a yeah like he, he could be your, he could be your geico lizard right
1: we've got a lot of stuff from the team that's like they've showed us little video clips and things we can do and We'll probably play with that somewhere and come out Eventually. with something, but uh, cause it's fun, right? Dinosaurs yeah. are tough and strong as our yeah. Is, right.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's funny. So um, where, where do you want to see this go? Like, do you want to see the, this? Like you guys be like sitting in REI. Do you want to see it just always being like direct to consumer? That's a, that's a great question. Cause we've, we've
1: talked and we have, Bike shops, we've had all sorts of big companies. We've had Walmart approaches, Jansen USA, a lot of these online places that want to carry our racks. And at the time we were like, oh, uh, we have a hard time keeping up with our own stuff, let alone right. <laughs> what what you're gonna do to us. And we've we've really amped up our production and and, and it's going. And I'm like, but we can deliver, we live in a world that kind of expects to ship stuff. Right. And so mm-hmm. we've really moved away. And I think I can't remember where I saw the statistics with, with the uh, COVID back in 2020, so many people moved to online purchasing. It's like, yes, there's a place for a brick and mortar store. You've got to have a place for people to build and assemble and package and ship and, and do that type of stuff. But are we becoming more efficient in our lives with being able to just everything's housed at a central location or a few locations and you order and it ships. And so we've we've talked to a lot of people and we've we've done a some simpler reseller solutions, which mm-hmm. we don't have a wholesale solution and our resale solution in a couple cases that we've done it, the margin's not really high, right? Because well
0: you guys have already set your margin for exactly. direct to consumer. So exactly. And that's sell it to Walmart, you're either raising the price or you're lowering your, your cut.
1: Exactly, and that's where we didn't wanna go. We wanted to keep these as affordable as possible. And I get that these racks are expensive, I get that. Yeah. When you compare them to the, the racks that are really doing this good of a job, they're kind of all in this price range or even higher in a lot of cases
0: um yeah i i think even so, mine that i bought years ago if i really because tully has a funny way of like like tricking you into spending a lot more money it's yeah, like exactly. oh you buy the rack and then you need to buy the the four bike pieces because this is just the rack part you know or yeah like you know or something like that you know you get like two a, now you gotta buy bike three and bike four and that's yeah like, yeah you know and next thing you know each. you're in for a couple hundred more dollars and you're like son of a gun they just tricked me you know i thought i was yeah. good, you know and So I think there is something to say, though, for being able to go and like touch something and see it, you know?
1: Yeah, that's the that's our hard, the the hardest point we have to overcome. So we've kind of stayed with we like the lower price point because we've got to have enough money to keep the company going, to offer great customer service. And so we've kind of said we're going to stick with this, you know, direct to consumer uh, mentality and give people the opportunity to buy from it, it becomes a, a marketing thing. And if if we've done all the work to market it, and we're handing the 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 middleman a, a bunch of the money along the way, then we've got to raise our prices, and now people they're not so they're not as desired as much. Anyway, there's a whole million things to play there, and uh, yeah, that's where we've decided we'll stay with you know customer direct, and obviously we're open we're always reevaluating and seeing what's the best option. Um, could we be in stores in the future at some point? Maybe with the yeah. way kind of the system, the world is with shipping right now, we're going to uh, stick with it and keep our prices low. And yeah, we, we try to, you know, we're trying to come up with a great solution of you sell your rack to your neighbor, you know, sell our rack to your neighbor. We'll send you a t-shirt, a hoodie, a hat, a, give yeah. you some. Some perk. We've, we're trying to come up with a method of how do we do that? Because when you think of the salesforce you you have out there that's got your rack, I just need a system to help do that, right? Because I don't want to send a million emails to people. Oh, you did it. Okay, here's here's your here's your hoodie or whatever yeah. it is. A, a way to help our mobile people that are using our rack help help us sell them because they really do. It's funny you'll find our you look at our heat map, you'll see a rack be sold into a, a neighborhood or an area. And pretty soon you'll see a few people start purchasing around that area because it's visual. It's seen, they realize the the value and what they've got and it, they, it just starts happening. So that's probably the big jump for us is how do we, how do we better do that? You know, use our customers to help sell.
0: Yeah. I mean, if you want to keep the price low, it's tough because you're, you're looking at, then maybe the retailers get the shit end of the deal because people just come in and look at them. Then they order online. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. So like, and then on the other hand, it's like, if you give too much away to the, the people that are like current owners selling them, then like, maybe you're just getting worked at some point. Like they're like, Oh yeah, I sold this one and this one. And it's really just like some yeah. you know guy kind of working the system or whatever. But, uh, yeah. It's tough. You know, I, I can understand the, the, the mental dilemma that you're in there. And I, I think, yeah. I think if it was me, I would probably just like keep doing what you're doing and, and the right answer will come to you when it, when it's right. You know what I mean?
1: You know, it usually works out that way. It, it, yeah. it kind of evolve as you go and you've got to be ready for change and yeah. you got to be ready to switch when you realize things aren't working. And, uh, we'll keep going like we are, you know? So, yeah.
0: so is your stuff all made in the U S or are you guys like getting it made overseas?
1: Yeah, we are, we are manufacturing overseas now. And that, that comes in real handy when we're trying to get stuff into, you know, Australia, New Zealand, you know, so Canada, you just get
0: from there then to, we, to we ship
1: direct. Um, yeah. We found a really good manufacturer. We're really in control of everything to, to nail this stuff down and they've been wonderful in helping us really perfect and
0: drive a beautiful solid quality built product so you guys launched right when covid started which i mean i I think initially like everybody in the industry was like oh man we're screwed but then (laughs) next thing you know people are buying bikes like there's no tomorrow and everybody's (laughs) happy and then then on a sudden shipping just goes to shit so like were you guys pretty uh affected by that or like with raw materials yeah, and stuff like that we we
1: were and we didn't we didn't even know what to think at the time right, we, right. we were still in our day jobs the side hustle was here and we were like we wanted to see it go somewhere right so we were working it hard and and uh all of a sudden we turned around and i can't remember if it was february or march it was like all the inventory we had was gone we're like how do we how do we keep selling this, right? And so it was, let's offer pre-sale, pre-sale products. And it was like, we would try to promise a date, right? We'd go, okay, we've got this, it's coming. It's going to be here on this date. We can deliver it by that date. And we'd say, here it is. You can buy this now at this price. And this is the target that it'll get to you. And, and for a while that, well, that's worked great. The hard part of doing that is you don't know how bad the port is going to be messed up, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Stuff can take forever to get to you and stuff can get to you really quick. And, and and there has been some pretty big jam ups and we're kind of through that now. We've been fortunate to be able to, while we were doing pre-sales last year, we finally got ahead of it to where we could order and get a bunch of inventory here. So we have inventory now and the inventory that's in route we'll come to our warehouse before we run out of stock on the next thing. So it's it's a trying to play that just in time type mentality of, I think I'm going to run out about this time. So I need to have more product get here before there. And it's a, it's a guessing game that uh, I don't know if you can ever get good at it. We might be a, a slightly better and we have more inventory. We kind of bombed it in canada this spring but we're just about caught back up and and so it's a game you constantly play and and evaluate so but yeah it's been a lot of fun with all the shipping fiascos trying to keep things uh in stock and moving
0: yeah yeah i i I can only imagine so um what's one of your like favorite customer stories that you have um
1: because I know oh, with me, like,
0: I'll let you think about it. I'll just okay. ramble while, while you're thinking about it. I know with me, like, it's always surprising to me, some of the stories that people reach back out and say, you know, because your video X, Y, Z, and um, it changed this, or it did that, or we had this circumstance. Do you have anybody tell you just something that like blew your mind where you're like, what?
1: <laughs> yeah, there there's two. I'll tell you. So this has happened to me personally, and I've had multiple people, You'll be driving down the highway, headed to wherever, right? You got your bikes loaded up and the car passing you literally stops side by side. You see them take a picture out their window <laughs> of the rack and then they admire for a minute and, and drive on by. But but probably the best one, and I don't know the validity of this story. A customer told this to me, but he said, I was going somewhere. And literally, I had a an officer pull me over to ask me about the bike rack.
0: Oh, nice.
1: And uh, anyway, then on he went. And, and so, and that's one thing we like to do. We do like to support our um, military and armed forces, you know, active and veterans, our first responders, you know, with right this count. So if they reach out to us, we just like, uh, we like some sort of proof that they are who they say they are and we'll, we'll right. send them promo codes and let them purchase a, a discount to support them and, and their efforts in protecting us. So we really appreciate all the, the help from That's awesome. all those
0: that serve us. You know, I, I, I'm i a veteran and um, if you asked me when I was 20, if I gave a shit about that, I would say no. But as a a, a guy in his 40s, It actually means a lot to me when I hear a company that does that, you know?
1: Well, and it's to me, I I didn't take the opportunity to serve. And I look at guys like you and and I just cherish your service, right? We live in the land of the free and the home of the brave. And it's because of guys like you that have (laughs) kept us who we are here in America. So I appreciate your service. Thank you.
0: Oh yeah, well, thank you, man. But definitely wasn't wasn't fishing for that, but uh, I'll take it. I'll take it in the discount yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. So, um, what's on the horizon? Where, where are you where are you where are you thinking? Like, just trying to like keep your head above water while this thing's blowing up, or?
1: Yeah, we're we're building the team that. Uh, I mean, really, we're trying to to build the team that can support the the processes we got going. And I think we got that going pretty well. We're 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 really lining up, trying to come up with some new products to really stuff the product line, and we're looking at uh, you know new areas in the world to launch uh, our products to keep kind of the global the global expansion going as well. And so from a, a global front and a new product front and uh, really hitting it hard with great products and great customer support that's that's where we're at right now.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I, I can understand. How big's your team at this
1: point? So we've got about 10 of us. Um, oh, wow. Man,
0: you guys are really like, there's yeah, a bunch of you there.
1: There's, there's a lot of stuff that's got to happen when it comes to customer support, when it comes to shipping. And we do have, you know, a, a handful of shippers around the world that, uh, that, that actually label the boxes and send them out. And uh, keeping all that organized and, and going, it takes a team of people to respond to the emails and phone calls I mean, it's funny, even at our local place here in in Lehigh, like today around lunch, I was like, we don't have the the office built off to where I can shut myself and be in a quiet little room. And we had, I want to say we had four or five customers. There was one that had a bunch of kids and it was just noisy. I'm like, I better get (laughs) somewhere else for this call or Robert's going to hate me. Yeah, it's going (laughs) to be
0: a mess. Yeah. The main reason i ask that is i think a lot of times that people see a company or they go to a website that they don't realize how small it is especially in the bike industry like with the with the exception of like some of the big names there's other brands out there like for example like cali that their protective gear that i wear like they're not a huge company but you go to the bike shop you see a fancy box and a nice product and you just assume that this is this big thing and it's not yeah you know and um I think that that's one of the things that I really uh, like appreciate about this podcast is it gives people the ability to like really like put it together like hey you buy this rack you're like feeding this dude's family you, you know what I mean like yeah
1: I, I know exactly what you're talking about I, I mean, here I am a co-founder of this company and and the way our phone systems work, I'm still in the phone tree. Most of the time I've tried to put myself further down there, but if we have three, four guys on the phone, chances are, I might be the guy picking up the phone just because we yeah. don't want people to wait. Right. I'll admit we can't get them all, all the time because the day when we had all these customers in the phones were ringing three, four people yeah. on the phone, <laughs> I was getting phone calls and I love talking with customers because you hear these fun stories about, Hey, my neighbor, this, and my son, that, and can you help yeah, me here? Yeah. You know, I love talking with people, so I don't mind doing that. I, I do have some initiatives and things I'm trying to build. And it's hard when you're interrupted every five minutes, which I'm not now because I have a few more people ahead of me on the phone tree. Uh-huh. But uh, it's fun to get on the phone. It's fun to talk face to face. I get a lot of customers. In fact, I sent a notice out to a bunch of customers in uh, in Canada saying, hey, we've been slightly delayed but it's here and it's coming and this is what we're thinking about just to let them know we know we made promises we're still trying to hit it but it's a little slower than we thought and I'd have people responding saying hey I didn't think the president of the company would you know send a response out like this thanks for letting me know you know it's like yeah. we, we try to be as transparent as as we can we yeah like to treat people like they're people. We are a small company and and we do our darndest to make you not have to wait and respond as quick as we can.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, that that's, those are good virtues, man. I mean, at the end of the day, you you, you need two things, right? You need to have a good product and you need to have good customer service because if your customer service sucks, your product's not gonna, not gonna yeah, sell. Exactly. And if you have a crappy product, then it doesn't matter if you have good customer service or not, right? So, yeah. um. With that being said, how about, is there anything that you would have done differently now looking back on it? Like, man, I wish I would have known to not start with the shipper guy, or I wish I would have um, like reached out to some guy about boxes sooner because I didn't know I could be saving like $50,000 for that,
1: you know? You know, I, I think there's, I don't know if I have anything profound there. I, th- I think I've learned you can't do everything yourself. You need to get professionals involved that do their thing and they do their thing better than you. And it's, it's hard when you're bootstrapping a company to realize I'm going to have to spend thousands of dollars with an accounting firm and a legal team and, and all this stuff. And it's like for the first little bit, you're okay. Kind of lifting it yourself, but you got to get those people involved with you sooner Um, so don't delay on getting, getting professionals involved that can help you. Don't, don't think you need to do it, but do what you do best so you can focus on what you do best and let, let the other people be at proficient at keeping your, your payments to uncle Sam legit and keeping everything honest with governments and sales tax. And that's the, probably the biggest headache of our life is dealing
0: with sales tax and all the different places that you, you get to do that. Um, Right. And then there's probably different like rules and standards of like what has to yeah. be written on a box in some some country compared to another. Yeah,
1: exactly. There's so. a, a ton of that. And you gotta have people helping you do that. So that's probably my biggest thing is get those people involved as as soon as you can. Invest in, in doing it right.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's definitely a lot um a lot of things like that whenever you're you're start starting a business that I know I, I do IT for my day job and I work worked for some smaller companies and it it was always very hard. You could see where some of these companies, they're like, wait a minute, I gotta pay this much, but we're like, right now everything's fine. And it's like, yeah, you're lucky everything's fine right now. <laughs> exactly. Like, like I can see this, it's like, there's a fire like smoldering in your back room that you don't know about. Exactly. And, and if it goes off, you're gonna be screwed, you know? So yeah. Um,
1: so uh, I wanted to ask you,
0: did, did you always have like this, this urge inside of you to create things or, or did like, would, would, if we were to tell you 10 years ago, that you would be an inventor, an inventor, like you would invent something that didn't exist. Yeah. Would you believe that?
1: You know what? This comes down to my brother has more of that wanting to be the inventor. I have um, a little bit of that, but I had a little bit. I I lived in Asia. I I served a a mission for the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in Hong Kong. I speak Chinese Uh and I was there for multiple years and got to enjoy the culture over there. Yeah, I remember getting on the plane to come home going, I loved it here. How can I be involved? And so I always had this desire for international business Mm -hmm. Um that kind of end of things and, 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 wanting to go back. And when I left looking out the window thing, I don't know when I'm going to be back here next. And it's, it's been 20 plus years, mm-hmm. but I'm back there and, and, and working and speaking the language and love to go back over there and live, live more, you know, live there again, yeah. if given the opportunity. Um, and so <laughs> I, I've always had a little bit of that inventor thing, but my brother ha- really has that, desire of yeah, we, and this is him, his name's Blake. You can end up talking to him if you walk in the door. We don't like to do things that other people have done. Sometimes people have done it good, but it's like, we got to show how to people to do this better. We mm-hmm. like coming up with a way to do it different to make yeah. it better in a way that it's not like, I mean, a bike's going to have a round tire. You're not going to invent a different type of shape of a wheel, right? But right. there's there's kind of these things of how can I do that, but here's my parameters of what I want to do, and how can I make it better than that but still meet all these needs? And that's where we started with this has to work in the garage. It has to work in my car. It has to haul multiple bikes. Mm-hmm. And it took a long time for us to dial that in with the bike rack. And we've got a few more things coming with it, that uh, if it can get through our pipeline of scrutiny from a, is it manufacturable? Is it 100% Mm -hmm. safe? Is it shippable? Is it sellable? Now that we've got it built, are people really willing to pay a hundred bucks or 400 bucks or whatever the price has to be for that item? Mm -hmm. That that kind of, uh, that inventor wheel, right? You have to get all those things aligned for that to work. And uh, and then I've always,
0: go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. I was going to
1: say, and then there's people want you to get patents on top of that. And I know people that have patents, but don't have a product that's sellable. So the patent's worthless. And it's like, now we're trying to get patents and and they're coming and that's moving along. It just takes forever, but it's like, there's just so many things that have to align to really be able to be that inventor that can really sit down and, and work away at something, and go. Are people going to like this? Is it going to yeah. work? Is it going to solve the problem? Is it going to be manufacturable? Is it going to be shippable? Is it going to be sellable? Yeah. You know, it's a fun game to play.
0: I've had a lot of ideas in my life about things that I thought would be really handy, and then later saw somebody else make them. So, <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: I, um, yep. I, I feel like I've always had that kind of part to me, but I've never really considered myself somebody that wanted to invent something as much as I want to have some kind of my own business to like just to be my own boss yeah you know what i mean and i think that's really like to me where it's like i don't know it's just uh i think that it's really cool that you're in charge of like your your life that way you know like like you're you're creating something you're providing something to people you're like the end of the day you're responsible for yourself and you don't have anybody else like Trying to tell you what you're do, what you're supposed to do, or anything. And it's not like, like I have some like horrible people that are managing me or anything like that. I just, I, I like the idea of the freedom, you know?
1: Yeah, and and that is that is fun. It's really nice to know. I get up and I'm like, what am I going to do at work today? You yeah. know? And and I, I know all the problems I'm trying to solve and the things I'm working on, but usually it's the inbox and a few of those things that are not on fire, but like, Hey, we got, we need to take care of this. And I got to answer that question. And there's, there's just the, the gears that got to grind. And then there's the new developments that you got to take place. And this team behind us, I, we give them a lot of autonomy too to, to crank their stuff out. And there's, they're, they're better at us than, you know, I'm not a social media guy. I don't run our social media channels. We have teams that do this. Yeah. Because they're good at it and, right, right. and we just let them run with it. And sometimes right. we look at, we look at them and, and wonder what they're doing, but they're having fun doing it. And that's what we try to do in our office. We,
0: yeah
1: um, I told you like last week, we, we, we signed everybody up that was willing and uh, nine of us went down and competed in a triathlon. Some of us had done them before and some of us hadn't. And uh, <laughs> at the end of the day, we were glad when it was done and the pain during, I guess it was worth it, you know? So right.
0: All right. That's rad. That's super rad. So, um, we're getting we're getting pretty close here to to wrapping this up. Do um, do you watch YouTube other than I do. Or you do a animal? little
1: bit like I'll watch a lot of uh the fails and some biking yeah. videos and
0: so I always ask people what their favorite channel is or if they have something in particular that they like to watch because I think it's interesting and you'll hear some some wild ones. I always bring up there was one of the guests that that told me about this channel called Cartnarks, and it's okay. basically just this guy that like hassles people that don't put their carts back in the rack, and uh, <laughs> it's hilarious. But yeah. it's like like I would have never heard of that if it wouldn't have been for some. Yeah. For
1: person, so so I do watch um, a little bit. Most of the time, it's either the news is on and we're just kind of getting out as dinner's getting ready, or my son will. Uh, uh my oldest son at home is my third child he's a he'll be a senior this coming year there's a couple the the funny jokesters that we watch Uh but uh he got me hooked on one thing and what's the name of the channel uh don't shoot me people for not getting i want to call it like Blacktail studio or they do they they take they build wood tables, right? So they take these huge slabs of wood
0: uh-huh.
1: and they make these elaborate epoxy tables, these tables that cost 10, $15,000. Uh-huh. Like someday, maybe you'll be sitting in front of one of these really nice desks, right? Right. So it's, a, it's a, it's a whole slab of a tree and you've got rough edges and you got epoxy that fills out and just the guys um, painstaking efforts to, plane it down smooth as as can be and then yeah epoxy and build these amazing pieces of furniture so that's that's one that i've got sucked into because i i do like building things
0: yeah um i don't like that reminds me like stuff like that is really like i don't know why but it's capturing to watch there's a guy's channel that somebody told me about i want to say he like just like reshoes horses on his channel And it's like so many people are like, dude, I don't know how I got stuck, but I watched like (laughs) two hours of this guy, like doing these horses shoes, you know? Yep, And that's what my son got me
1: stuck on. The other thing that I got stuck on and you're going to laugh, I think it was like a one season episode. It's called super ships, right? Uh And my kids tease me, but they went out and they filmed all these episodes. They're about an hour long episode on, you know, one's on a cruise liner and how amazing it is that they can put five people, 5,000 people on and off and all the food and all the stuff yeah. that they've got to do on a cruise ship in the course of their docked for a day and, and just that. And then there's, yeah. there's other ships that are amazing because they go out and they repair the, the, the cables that are at the bottom of the ocean when yeah. something gets wrong, you know, or there's a research vessel or a, a container ship that's bringing you know containers back and forth and there's just all these different amazing ships that that i feel like i could
0: get sucked into that i mean i'm i'm one of those guys that like i know where the history channel is the discovery (laughs) yeah and then like that's about all i know you know it's like if there's nothing on those two channels i'm not watching anything (laughs) (laughs) that's how it kind of
1: goes for me i'm out riding a bike or uh Getting ready to go to bed while I catch, you know, 15 minutes of this or that. So I don't do a ton of watching, but those those shows have kind of sucked me in.
0: Right on, man. Well, hey, I really appreciate you taking the time to to hang out and chat with us for the last two hours. And um, it's been great. I don't know if there's anything else that you wanted to add that we didn't talk about. Something No, I I think we've hit a lot of the
1: things. that it's hard to remember what we've talked about. But yeah, love okay. being on the show. Love uh Create noise in the uh, the cycling industry. We're glad to be a part of it, and wonderful to be on your show. Thanks for having us.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like I said, definitely definitely appreciate what you're doing. I think that if anybody out there hasn't been to their website, go check it out. Velocirax.com. So it's V-E-L-O-C-I-R-A-X. So not C-K-S-R-A-X.com. So Velocirax.com. Go check them out. Take a look at their their stuff. It's um I, like I said throughout the show i've definitely used one on my friend's vehicle and was really like impressed with the build quality and how everything worked so um reaching out to you and and for us it took us a few tries to finally get here today but but here we are and uh Uh, when did we meet we
1: met like last year at the dirt days days. it's been a while
0: yeah yeah it's been quite some time sorry
1: for being uh hard to get to here
0: man this is the way it goes i i i don't i i have zero um i don't get upset about that you know sometimes there's been some people that i've talked to for a year or two or more you know and it's like ah, whatever man it's life things are always going to play out the way that they're supposed to so i don't need to spend too much time worrying about it those of you guys that um Made it all the way through this. If you're watching on YouTube, hit the thumbs up. If you want to hear some more, hit subscribe. If you're on the podcast, do the do the thing where you subscribe on there too. Because I think then it downloads automatically. You can get some notifications. And you'll know when new things are coming up. But like I said before, if you really want to see what's going on um, outside of, of just what's on the channel notifications, go ahead and swing by Instagram or Facebook. Give me a follow over there. And uh, hey, man, I really appreciate all of you out there for sitting and listening and being part of the, the audience out there because, you know, if it wasn't for all of you, it doesn't make any sense for me to get out here and, and talk to somebody for two hours on a weekly basis. So thanks to all of you as well. Thanks again, Bryce. Really had a great time chatting with you. And I want all you guys to remember if there's only one thing that you take out of this, it only takes a bike to be a biker. Get out and be.